Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brothers. chafing besides but uh, <laughs> other than that everything was fine oh wait are we on <laughs> oh we're live oh oh <laughs> my bad what is that in the freaking scene in super troopers because well, that was the first time i got crap so <laughs> <laughs> well all right hello everybody i'm back hello and welcome to the freemasons podcast with your hosts the fat and the furious <laughs> <laughs> wonderful brother joe <laughs> Hey, it's going to be one of those again. See, here's the problem, though. I don't know who's the fat and who's the furious anymore, because recently you've been angrier and I'm not exactly thin. So Hey, they're they're fluid. We could be uh, body image fluid. Uh, So today episode, we're going to do uh, episode 242. We're going to do Play-Doh and Freemasonry. Um, Not that there's really a a definitive connection, but uh, I mean, he has been, you know, there's no doubt that Freemasonry has been said that it's traced back to Atlantis and Egypt and wherever the hell else. Um, there's no definitive proof of it, but we're going to delve down the rabbit hole. <clears throat> so, uh, Apple. Let's do that first. Oh, I was going to say orange. Uh, you know, it's funny. This My phone doesn't pick up my face recognition with, my, with this microphone in my freaking throat. Oh. It's kind of funny, actually. Uh, let's see here. Good morning, everyone. Let's start with that. Sunday morning. If you're Australia on the other on the wrong side of the world, it's Monday. I don't freaking know. <laughs> the international dateline's somewhere over there in the Pacific. I don't know exactly where. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I think Craig C six seven is the last one. You guys are slacking. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been here the last couple of weeks. It's just been you and Kenny. Yeah, me and Kenny. And we had uh, Carolyn last time. Yes, I saw that. I haven't one. listened to that one yet. But. Pretty good one. Nice. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's just dive deep into this. Now, what do you think, Joe? Let's jump. All right. So uh, this actually comes off of Freemasons slash or what the hell is that little symbol? What's that thing called? Hyphen. Hyphen. Freemasonry.com. Play-Doh. Freemasonry book. HTML. What is website? For you, you could call it a minus sign. Minus sign. <laughs> Freemasons minus sign Freemasonry.com. <laughs> Influence of Plato's Republic on Freemasonry and Masonic Ritual. Um, this was done by... What the hell's VW, brother? Very worshipful. Probably... We don't use that title Grand in Lodge Connecticut South anymore. South Australia and Northern Territory. Yeah. There was a very worshipful that I think was... And I could be wrong on this. was kind of in between a worshipful and a right worshipful it was an additional layer i still believe in the hierarchy it's lower than a right worshipful right okay i think Uh, it's lower than a right worship i believe so okay um so uh this is he's got some dedications on here i'm just going to read out of uh okay uh the dedications that he did to his friends and stuff like that um while you're doing that i'm going to monitor the uh youtube perfect Um, so this one's a dedication, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of this. But um, <clears throat> said to his wife, there's a prize at uh, here is the prize at issue right before you look a woman who has no equal now in all uh, a Chian a Chan country. Where are you looking? Right here. A-C-H-A-E-A-N. A Chan. A Chan we'll country. Neither in Holy Pylos, nor Argos, nor Mycia, 
nor even Ithaca itself or the Lumi mainland. I'm trying to look for this. He had, there was one he, he said that was very Masonic. It almost sounded like, holy shit. Well, I know there was, um, regarding the, the allegory of the cave, I know there was some definite Masonic yeah. connections there as well as to Plato's The Republic. Mm. This was a good one right here. This one he did to his mentor, uh, and it's a, it's a little cliff note out of uh, Inferno by... Uh, Dante, Dante, yeah, okay. the, the Divine Comedy, which is basically a story about him going to hell. Um, and he wrote, uh, "My guide and I came to that hidden road to make our way back to the bright world, and with no care for any rest, we climbed. He first, I followed until I saw through a round opening some of those things of beauty of heaven bears. It was from there we emerged to see once more the stars." Yeah, that was kind of the uh, end of of Dante's Inferno. But anyway, let's get into the introduction here. Um, Oh, I'm trying to s start this where he. Uh, oh, this is this is a book. Boo! It's a book. I only have the introduction. Damn! This is what I get for not doing research ahead of time. Here we go. MasterMason.com. This one will work. If it'll load. Damn! We're we're off to a shitty start right That's here. That's okay. Man. That's all right. Sunday. It's. Uh... Wow, oh, Easter's close. next weekend. No, two weekends Easter is uh, upon us. All right. Parallels of Freemasonry and Plato's Allegory of the Cave. That's what you were just talking about. Yes. Uh, throughout history, there have been many men who have attained a stature of high regard in the halls of Freemasonry. These men were usually individuals who added great triumphs to the world about them, whether it be socially, academically, phil philosophically, or Masonically. Each of these men have not been may not have been raised in the order, but are believed to have been prepared and made a mason in his heart. Um, that's Masonic reference right there. Um, these are men who embrace the Enlightenment throughout their, throughout either with or without the guidance of the craft. One such man is a great ph uh, philosophical teacher, Plato. In the writings of Brother Albert Pike, times honored teachings are allured to repeatedly. Yeah, so in um, <clears throat> Morals and Dogma, he talks about yep. Plato a lot. He just goes on and on about Plato. Um, some Masonic authors even attribute a veiled lineage to, to the... What the hell is that? Philosophical? Is that what I said? No, you didn't say anything. No, oh, lineage. I, heard like a, you know you... I heard like a weird noise. Oh, that I didn't hear. Oh. Some Masonic authors even attribute the veiled lineage to the philosophical academies of Plato's time. All of his writings there... All of his writings, there is at least one lesson from the great educator's re repertoire. Repertoire? Wow, you're going to even go in French on us. Just so, if I could interrupt for a oui, sec. Oui. We're getting some comments uh, that the audio and video are choppy. Uh, if that continues to be the case, please let us know. But either way, we'll post this up later. We'll go through as best we can. There may be some Wi-Fi issues we don't know. Or it could just be Lee's problem. Because, you know, or it could just be the way you're reading. It comes I mean, across as choppy. Oh, uh, see, Ken changed this. Maybe that's why. Changed something in here. I go away for two weeks and everything goes to hell. Yeah, it's probably for the... I don't know. Anyway, All right. We'll continue. Going. Continuing. Um... So where the hell was I before Lee, Lee so rude? You were on uh, repertoire. Uh, yeah, the repertoire that has parallels with the system of Freemasonry. Plato's allegory of the cave should have great Masonic resonance for all those who have been introduced or uh, in, inducted into the role of the craft. Before undertaking a task of exploring the parallels between Freemasonry and Plato's allegory of the cave, it is prudent to examine what, if any, connection Plato has with the craft and its development. First and foremost, it is important to assert on, at the onset of his exploration that there will be no claim that Plato was introduced into the mysteries of Freemasonry or that traces its lineage from his or any other ancient mystery school. That examination will only look at what shapes, or what shapers and formers of modern Freemasonry through, though, it's Sunday, I can't read. <laughs> thought about the gleaned from Plato's writings, an uh, example. Any obvious connection can be drawn between Plato's allegory of the cave and modern institution of free and accepted Masonry will also be reviewed. All right, so... Uh, this is Plato's life. Do we want to get into that, or we just want to skip over into the free? Yeah, skip his life. Get to yeah. the uh, ancient and Masonic writers and Plato. 
Yeah, talk about the pike. Right. I mean, he's a friggin' Greek. He didn't fight in any wars, so oh, he's not really boy. a Greek to me. Oh, God. You're taking so. me down a path I don't want to go. <laughs> the illustrious brother, Albert Pike, who acts, uh, inc- incidentally was called by some the Plato of Freemasonry. I've never heard him call that before, but hey, to each their own. Held the teachings of Plato in high esteem. Yes, he did. That's all he did was talk about it. In Morals and Dogma, Pike reveals his position that Plato is amongst the great revelers. Revelers yeah, of we'll truth and light. Pike stated that Plato expounded and expressed the noble doctrine of nature in the most beautiful and luminous manner. Um, Wilmhurst uh, refers to Plato in his revered work, The Meaning of Freemasonry. These are good books. If anyone wants to check these out. I've never read Wilmhurst. Uh, the meanings of Freemasonry. I've never read that one, but hey, if you're a book book guy, yeah, why not? There you go. Wilmhurst stated that in order to fully understand the fellow craft degree, oh, here you go, Joe. A student of Freemasonry must study two ancient sources. The first of these being Plato's Dialogues. Interesting. The other is the records of the classical Christian contemplatives. Why are they using big words today? It's fucking Sunday. Well, I'm just letting you know. Of interest is Wilhelm Hurst's reminder to the reader that Plato refers to the four cardinal virtues in <sighs> Greek word, Phaedo. Go just go with Book of Wisdom. In the Book of Wisdom. If the studying Mason researches this point, he will not find the traditional Masonic virtues of fortitude, prudence, temperance, and injustice. Instead, he would find justice, temperance, wisdom, and courage. Huh, okay. okay. Mackey, oh, we know this one, in the symbol of Freemasonry stated, in Plato said that the design of initiation was to restore the soul to the state of perfection from which it had originally fallen. Now, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. That's kind of what we we study. Pretty in, much. In the, fi- in the, the fifth. Yo, Joe, let's just pack it in today. Okay. <laughs> in the third degree, it's kind of what we talk about. You know, the fall, you know, you know Grandmaster Hymabeth falls. And he's get brought back to life. It's kind of like a reference to a soul in a sense, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Rebirth. Uh, this being taken from the Phaedo, it is evident in general esoteric goal of both the ancient mysteries and modern Freemasonry are a similar concept. The Dionysian. Dionysian artificer. The Dionysian Artificers refers to Plato numerous times. The work points out importance of understanding that fables and allegories often contain numerous meanings. The cost of 1936. It further asserted that Plato's teaching of the descent of the soul into the darkness of the body, the perils of the passions, and the torments of vices are shared by Virgil and illustrated in writings on page 22. Fucking quit. <laughs> quit. I'm done. You, you can take over I from can't there. Do this shit of anymore. these... There you go. I'm going to have a freaking... All right, I'll finish the paragraph. No, I got it, I got it, I got it. Just need to take a hit off my freaking vape pen. Because I'm getting frustrated. It's not all you took your hit off of. Of these, the the descent of the soul into darkness is relevant to the topic at hand. Fockery. Fockery. (laughs) Hey, cut it out with the fockery. (laughs) Connects the allegory of the cave and... You give me the paragraph with all the big freaking stupid names. I told you I'd read the rest of it. Ibn Sina. I'm going with uh, Ibn Allegory Ibn or Ibn of the Sina. bird. Uh, Thackeray. Uh, this is Thackeray. This whole goddamn article. Um, Thackeray connects. Uh, uh, Thackeray asserted the, that both illustrate the destiny of the soul to only be released from bondage through the attainment of knowledge. That's kind of what yeah. we're. I mean, that's. Yeah. Well, kind of what we subscribe to, like, you know. From uh, darkness to light. Darkness to light, making good men better. Uh, it is recommended that all seek out and study the allegory of the bird. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming at some point. <laughs> it has meaning and purpose to all men. Uh, but without a doubt, it is great importance and is worthy of examination by those who are called seekers of light. Interesting. All right. Allegory of the Cave. You ready? Yes. All right. You should be able to handle this one. (sighs) Theoretically. Theoretically, yes. You got allegory right so far. Yep. (laughs) In Plato's Allegory of the Cave, human prisoners are held captive deep in the earth. Their necks and ankles chained. 
They have never seen the outside world, the sun, or each other. They are bound facing a stone wall. Light from the outside world shines in the cave, casts shadows on the stone wall each prisoner is facing. Also, behind the captives is a fire, and in front of the fire, a walkway in which men carry puppets. (laughs) Hey! I was there! This is a fucking setup. (laughs) Men carry puppets and items from the outside world. I was there! Let me stand next to your fire. Move over, Rover. Let Papa George take over. <laughs> Yo, this is a setup. I'm telling you. <laughs> you picked the topic, I man. know. <laughs> Google's like, oh, let's find him some shit with some bad names, and then we're going to add yeah, the word puppet their, in uh, it. Yeah. Oh, their algorithms get <laughs> These items include statues of gods, men, animals, and trees. The bondsmen have no understanding of their condition. Their world is made up of... Of, uh, made up only of the illustrations of distorted shadows cast upon the stone wall before them. The sounds... <laughs> the freaking puppet. The sounds and voices heard by those kept enslaved are only echoes and reverberations from the outside. Yeah, I got a big word. Believe that? As they sit in the darkness, their reality is limited to... in their morals only based on their own understanding of distorted truth and skewed sounds from the outside world. Interesting. The allegory continues to explain that prisoners cling to their own prejudices and self-conceived notions of reality. Shit, the guy knew about 2023 before it even happened. Plato asserts that if all the prisoners released to turn and see the elements that created their reality, the prisoners would be blinded by the light of the fire. The prisoners, according to Plato, would quickly become angered by what they viewed and desired to return to their shackled condition. What's that called? That's actually a, a, a thing. What? Shackled condition? Like um, like when you become prejudiced and you only know a certain thing, but then somebody gives you an outside, like uh, it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome, like whether you become okay with your captors. Like, yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. Yep, I mean, you, right? Yeah, it's a Stockholm syndrome where you is. start to sympathize and empathize with your uh, and you oppressors. Rather, and you'd rather stay in that condition rather than get the... The hell out of Dodge, right? Yeah, pretty much. Kind of like um, Captain Picard in the uh, episode where he saw two lights. And there was really just one. Or there could be three lights and he saw two or whatever with the, the Cardassians. Not the Cardassians. The Cardassians. <laughs> it's a very famous Star Trek episode. And actually a pretty powerful one where at the end he became conditioned to see how many lights they wanted him to see. Yeah. Even though that the, the count was wrong because they just right. tortured him until... He actually thought I he do, saw. I do vaguely remember that. Great episode. episode. Yeah, that's, that kind of goes with yeah, it's exactly. torture or, yep. or psychological yep. torture in a sense. Um, where the hell did I leave off? Uh, the prisoner would see fire. The allegory continues. The prisoner would be dragged out of, of the cave by an agent and presented to the sunlit outside world. There he sees that reality, uh, realities and morals of this world are only an illusion of the world about him. Without any argument, it may assert that Plato believed a return to the cave would be almost impossible because the prisoner would have seen his previously darkened condition as an enslaved state. All right, so let's start with this. Freemasonry doesn't make you stand against the wall. It doesn't make fire behind you and torture you. And this, this, I mean, this is a form of torture. But we have puppets. Yes, we got puppets. But there, I just want to be clear about this. There's no, I, again, I got to do this for the conspiracy theorists because they're all shitheads. Freemasonry doesn't, you know, there's no fire. There's no, you know, chaining you to a wall or any shit like that. So they're, they're making an allegory. They're making a comparison to your darkened state before you come into Freemasonry as opposed to your enlightened state when you get out. Or not when you get out, when you become a master mason. The initial examination in the centuries between Plato's first oration of the aforedescribed allegory and today, there have been countless numbers of interpretations and its meaning. Nearly every civilized culture and society has examined and synthesized the allegory to extract meanings and support their lives. In this allegory, uh, it is this allegory, uh, allegory's ability to be interpreted in varied ways that make it such a fundamental and enduring legacy of the thoughts and teachings of Plato. 
why then should it not be appropriate to ascertain uh, a Masonic interpretation of Plato's allegory of the cave? The allegory's first element of Masonic resonance, uh, resonance, excuse me, Jesus Christ, of the allegory is its ability to be interpreted in very ways. Uh, just as it just as it is asserted that the allegory's ability to be varied in interpretation has added to its popularity and survival, the same may be said of Freemasonry. So basically what he's saying from what I'm gathering is that, you know, just like Freemasonry, uh, this, this whole situation of the cave could be interpreted in different ways as Masons would, you know, who are initiated, interpret Freemasonry in a different way. Yeah, and that's what keeps it going. That's what keeps it fluid in in certain ways that it's always going to be relevant because the allegory may be may mean different things to different people at different times so the lessons are are very basic and can be applied to various different scenarios and i mean in fresh in sort of a way too right because if you come to freemasonry for the history of it and then all of a sudden you you can dive into allegory like there's different avenues of what you can do in freemasonry after you get fizzled out and burned out of one all right i've learned as much of the history as i want to learn let me switch over to allegory let me switch over to this let me switch over to that let me switch you know what i mean you can, yeah yeah you bounce in a sense um uh where the hell did i leave off here uh no no institution which is joe austere oh, okay no institution which is austere unbending and uh, this obliging can have a true global existence spanning geographic, religious, political, and cultural boundaries. It is the ability of Freemasonry to meet the needs of men from all creeds and all walks of life that has led to its survival over the centuries. I 1,000% agree. Without, its, uh, without this ability to, re- to be relevant to Christians, Muslims, Jews, Buddhists, and Deists alike, both the allegory of the cave and Freemasonry would either be isolated or lost in the ages of time. I agree with that. Um, Christ, the Scottish Rite, perfect example. They they pull from all religious books. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even modern history. So they're always keeping it the lesson to be learned. And even some of the old lessons they put into new degrees or, or newer, more modern. Let's, let's yeah. say more modern. Like, uh, what the hell is it? The There's the, uh, the Brothers of the Trail. That's a relatively... It's a new, it's an old lesson, but in a in a new uh, scenario. The uh, the four chaplains That's one is another one. There's uh, one that uh, the, ben, the the Benedict Arnold I, is my favorite. It's exactly the one that I was trying to get the words out on, but couldn't. So thank you for that. I can't remember what the name of it is, but the the Benedict Arnold one was pretty wild. Too. But there's even like a singing lumberjack one now, and what? I forget which degree it is. Yeah, it's like the the brothers of the the woods or something. <laughs> Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, there's. I, I remember uh, being a part of that one. It's uh, everybody dresses in flannel, but it's they just take the same lesson and just repackage they it repackage in a new mm-hmm. play or whatever presentation. But the lesson is the same, and that's the important yeah. piece. I mean, and this is my own personal bias. Like, there are some degrees that are like. Uh, in the time of like King Solomon's temple and the craftsmen. And yes, those lessons are good and it's historical and we should keep it. But I do like when they put a fresh new spin to it because I'm sorry with the younger generation that really doesn't read the Bible or has anything to do with like, you know, uh, the ancient times or yeah, have no not, interest. Um, you're going to lose them. Gladiator is probably the closest thing that they may have seen right. <laughs> to, right. to, to the Bible. But realistically, like, you know, when they put different spins on things, like, uh, I wish they had a Viking degree. That would be cool. To petition uh, the Scottish right. You could be like Shut Ragnar. I will be Ragnar. Of course you will. Ragnar. Or Bjorn. Bjorn. Um, from Socrates to satire, the philosophic quest of George Washington University describes an allegory in such a way that one could use the same sentence to describe the craft itself. It is an allegory of our time as needing to be born again to emerge from darkness of corruption into the light and truth of mortality. Morality, excuse me. It is educational allegory of our time as needed to ascend through the stages of education from the darkness and intellectual moral confusion in its everyday beliefs to the light of true knowledge and values. 
Freemasonry hopes to lead its initiates to higher understandings of truth in life, to put away the dim of dim light of superstition and passion to embrace the illumination of reason, intellectual knowledge, and immutable values. Dr. Levine, a brief, Dr. Levine's brief interpretations of the allegory provided in Masonic, uh, a Masonic aura and a springboard for its analysis. Uh, let's see here. Both Freemasonry and Plato's allegory begin with men in a darkened condition. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the men in the so. cave are... Gr- <laughs> are groping? That's not... That's what it says. You, you were... <laughs> oh, God. This, this sounds not like our ritual, but well, it's... I'm sure they have it. They mean it in a different way than you're thinking of groping. I can't do this today. (laughs) It does say groping, though. Go ahead. The men in the uh, in the cave are groping in darkness and bound to the blighted beliefs of superstition and self-prescribed truths. It is noteworthy to point out that the that the allegory takes place within a cave. Caverns have long been considered masonically to be a symbol of the darkness of ignorance and crime impenetrable to the light of truth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why do we have the cave degree then? Um. Because. Why do we have the hellfire caves? It's, it's easy to it's easy to tile. <coughs> because enough. we're quarrymen. It's more of a, a a quarry type, carving out the the stone from the side of the mountain. That's type a good point. Thing. I didn't think about that. But if you're going to bring somebody <laughs> from darkness to light, it's you know the cave can be symbolic, especially on an EA degree. That would actually right. be a, a nice little. Oh, touch. Here, here we go. In the there ninth degree of the Scottish Rite, the cave is a symbol of the imprisonment of human soul and intellect by ignorance, superstition, deceit, and fraud. I wonder if that's got, uh, what's the ninth degree in the northern Masonic jurisdiction? I, I that may be southern that. jurisdiction. Yeah. No, I think about it. Especially if it's sometimes the degrees in northern so they have little differences. difference in the names. Like one is, I think we have the brazen serpent, and they yeah. have a different name for that one. Or sometimes they're in, like different orders slightly but the neophyte who has petitioned freemasonry is held in bondage of ignorance just as the mass of mankind is held in ignorance to the great and true teachings of the craft their disinterestedness vanishes wow that was a big one too yeah uh everyone howls searches and gropes and gnaws for himself ideas are ignored and of progress there is no thought just at, yeah, definitely Southern Masonic jurisdiction if Pike is Pike's quoting. doing it, yeah. Uh, just as the profane is satisfied by the broken image of himself, so are the individuals in the cave content with living in darkness without any hope of intellectual growth or true fulfillment. It is also noteworthy to point out that three ruffians in the ninth degree are found hiding in a cave. Uh, ah. Why else do ignorance, tyranny, and fanaticism belong? Where else do ignorance, ty- uh, tyranny, and fanaticism belong? So now just let's just go back to a line that you just read. Uh-huh. You know, the individuals in the, con- in the cave content with living in darkness without any hope of intellectual growth uh-huh. or true fulfillment. Uh-huh. Sounds a little bit like an indictment of modern times where sometimes it's just easier to be ignorant Keep your than, head in the sand. Mm-hmm. than actually be awakened to everything going on around you because that's when you realize oh my god there's much more to this and me as one person i feel a little little helpless to change it right um once your mind is open to something and you see Mm -hmm. it you can't unsee it right and with that sometimes comes a lot of responsibility comes a lot of dilemma so some people are just happy with their head in the sand living in darkness not being Aware of what's really going on around them. And that could be life, that could be what? political, that could be however you want to put it, but it, sometimes it's just easier. Like, I don't watch the news anymore, because it's easier. I was just going to say, putting that in, in, in layman's terms, because Joe's a little bit more intelligent than me, <laughs> I'll say, we'll put it in jarhead terms. Um, what you're basically saying is, is don't just read the news article. Do the, do the research for yourself. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's... But people, there are some people, that, ah, it's just easier. <clears throat> You know, just, yeah, it's just you know. easier. I get my, I get you know, I'm just. I just it. don't watch much TV anymore because it's it's easier to not have that constant struggle of Jesus Christ, because if, if this is really going on, I might feel a, a moral obligation to do something about it, and it's just, it's it's tough. It's a tough spot to be in. 
So it's easier to be ignorant sometimes. Yeah, we're losing the feed. It's like bouncing. I think he changed the, the settings or whatever to help. We'll us. change Ken, or we'll we'll uh, blame Ken. We'll blame Ken. Um, and even if you can't see this, you can. Uh, yeah, if it's if it's coming through choppy or whatever, we'll uh, we could always. Um, Lee's hair is probably clogging the feed. No, I think Ken changed the settings when for. I think uh, Ken changed the settings. To be honest with you, I think that's what it is. Uh, when we didn't go live, we just did it. Um, anyway, we'll just continue on. In this allegory, Plato presents uh, presents with a very interesting ass, uh, assertion. He presents an occurrence where all the brothers are released in uh, to turn and see the images within the cave. As they view the darkness around them, their eyes are not able to adjust to the protruding and offensive brightness of fire's light. They quickly become disillusioned and repulsed by the image in desire to return to once their darkened their once darkened condition. Does this image not hold great Masonic meaning? The totality of the prisoners uh, represents the mass of mankind. Brother Pike <clears throat> states uh, people as a mass are rude and unorganized. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it, it, it's it's the mob mentality. Yeah, I mean, is what he's exactly about. He's exactly the mob mentality. Yep. When you meet an individual on the street, they're very nice, courteous. Hey, good morning. How you doing? You get a crowd of people, they'll just walk right by you and ignore you. Yeah, those social norms tend to right. change in a larger group, and people tend to go with the flow more. Right. But exactly what he's saying there is like that th- that metaphor that he was using for. All right, we're going to let you all go at once. Now, now you can see the light all at once, and it's so blinding because you're so used to the darkened condition that you almost prefer the darkened condition to the light. Kind of what I was just saying, where sometimes it's easier uh-huh. to to just go by and uh, go back and, and try to unsee what you've seen rather than letting your eyes adjust to the light. I'm just trying to read the comments. Yeah, I've been watching those. Oh, you've been watching? Yeah, I've got them up here. Nobody else besides Lee saying that we're freaking No, that's dry. why it's his, hair, it's his body hair clogging up the system. <laughs> got in his speaker or something. All right. Uh, let's continue on here. Uh, where the hell did I leave off? Mankind, as an innate passion, loves squalor and ignorance. Okay. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, it is only through the instruction of an agent such as Freemasonry that the individual, not the mass, can be raised above his inborn breeding <laughs> and grow intellectually. All men are not suited for the secret teachings of the craft. 1,000% agree. They are unable to grasp its rich meaning and hidden gems of purpose. It is only a few, the minority of the intellectually prone individuals who can be lifted up from the mire of mankind's filth. <laughs> Jesus. To be bettered by the teachings of the craft, the mass would be an un- the mass would be unable to perceive the teachings of the allegories of Freemasonry, and would quick- quickly be blinded and wish to return to their previous stature in life. This is why we get people who leave Freemasonry and then they talk shit all over YouTube. Yeah, <clears throat> as the Hebrew proverb states, "As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly." I like that. Yeah, cause why dogs do go back and eat their own they vomit? They do. It's because, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Freemasonry has always known that the masses are not compatible with its teachings. Therefore, it has only admitted the best and most lofty individuals of society to attain the progressive instruction it has to offer. The degrees of the craft are only represented within uh, Plato's allegory when considering the individual, just as only one man should be introduced to the mysteries of of masonry at a time Ooh. interesting that's gonna that could call it is he saying that we should not have uh five candidates. five candidates go through a degree or even a uh, a festival type thing where you you get 40 like. people going through the all the degrees like. in one day or one weekend because i i and this is my personal opinion freemasonry has become where we're so worried about losing members yes because here's the thing all right i guess the 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 saying goes, the shit you own ends up owning you. I've never heard that expression, but okay. Tony Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> but the stuff you own ends up owning you. Meaning, right, you have become accustomed to a certain way of living. 
right? We'll just go with yeah. Freemasonry. Let's just say you got a big house. and Freem- it's- That's where I was going. Freemasonry's got these big-ass hospitals and throwing money here and throwing money there and throwing money. Well, what happens when that money flow cuts down? Now you're freaking out because you're like, oh, my God, we How can't are support. We, gonna, we, How need we, we need to raise more money. We need to raise more brothers. Yep. 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 And this is where you get the – where you're, you're muddying the water because you're trying to just get bodies, hot bodies and seats in order to yeah. – you know what I yep. mean? In order to, to keep the status quo. And this is – That's is where a, I disagree with Freemasonry wholeheartedly. And it, it's not – it's also – it's an, you know, there's been some that say it's a, it's a numbers game. So you try to get 10 in knowing that, knowing that only one or two are going to stick with it, and those are good quality brothers. But there are also some that it's just strictly about mu- numbers, uh-huh. declining membership, mm-hmm. what we need to do. And I, we've always spoken about this. They say, oh, Freemasonry is shrinking. No, right. it's, a, it's a contraction. Well, Things will naturally contract and expand throughout mm-hmm. different times. We are in a bit of a contraction, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And, and see, I just want to be clear. When I started this podcast, it was because our numbers were sh- shrinking. But it de- didn't mean that I just wanted any old freaking person to just be right. able to join Freemasonry. It, it needs to be quality people. But, you know, the you number know, of brain that. surgeons may be shrinking, but that doesn't mean I want to let anybody be a brain surgeon and open me up. <laughs> there, there like you, you still have to have a certain level of qualifications. And if that means there's only five in the country that can do it versus 30... All right, fine. But I want one of those five, not the second tier. They're like, all right, we're gonna those people that we were gonna that got the D in uh, in med school. Yeah, we're gonna let those start performing uh, brain surgery. No, right, right. No, you can't. You don't want to water down what the craft is. I mean, even what the colleges are doing now, lowering SAT scores and, and admission things. Like, what are you doing? Just a quick question, kind of on the the topic of what we're talking here, Zach Deering. I'm assuming he's from the South. Do y'all think it's good to learn the three degrees in one day? I feel like you can't retain it all in just a day. I think it's a bad idea. That's my personal opinion, and our opinions do not reflect that of any Grand Lodge jurisdiction or any particular lodge within the state of Connecticut or anywhere in Freemasonry throughout the world. My personal opinion is it's too much. One at a time. That's my thing, one at a time. Take your degree by yourself. Why? Because if you go in with three people... You're you're splitting that experience amongst three people. I think it needs to be solely focused on the one candidate. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, and I think like I'll even take it. Not even the three degrees being too much in one day. I purposely and some people try to give me crap for this, but I will defend it to the day that I die, and I will die on that hill. When I deliver the middle chamber, which is one of my favorite lectures to deliver, Mm -hmm. I do the short form. It is too much. For that person, in my opinion, too much for that person or the group of people going through that degree to retain all of the information that you're trying to give them over half hour, 45, however long it takes. I intentionally do the short form to give them those morsels, to give them those nibbles. Mm-hmm. And then you can do a lodge of ed- education to get into the other pieces of it. I, I agree. Um, but it's just... I've seen the eyes gloss over. I mean, I've taken I, I've taken the York Rite Festival. I went through my York Rite degrees, the lower ones, the chapter and most super excellent whatever freaking master name they came up with. And I hated it. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because there was 40 or 50 of us. We sat on the sidelines and we watched somebody go through the degree. Yeah. Like, that's why I get more out of York Rite than Scottish Rite. Just because I don't like, I want to be part of it. Like, you know, I want to be involved. Like, yeah. I think you get more out of it when you're actually engaged. It depends on how you learn, yeah. Sitting there and watching. So, If you're a hands-on type person, you definitely learn better. Matt Remington, one of the patriarchs of my lodge, became a Master Mason in a one-day festival. He is shit. clear that he wishes he would have done the standard path. Lee Musikoff, the only time I support a one-day degree program is only for a service member who is deploying in the near future. All right, there are exceptions. There may, that, there may be All some right. exceptions. But to, to Matt Remington's point, you know, yeah, he became a Master Mason in one day. I became a Master Mason in three months. I had one EA in January, Fellow Craft in February, and even that was Master Mason soon. in March. And I think that was too soon. Uh, yeah, I agree. I didn't know any better at the time, and I think there's a fear of losing somebody along the way if you take too long okay if you if you uh, see, are I, way too if you take it to the extreme absolutely but if somebody can't wait 
she, six months to receive life-changing information, then they're maybe not ready for here's it. Here's my thing. Like, and we'll compare it to a dog. If you give him little, you know, food a little at a time, he's hungry. He wants more. And you'll like when you're training a dog. Perfect example. What do you give him? You give him you give him treats because you're right. you're re- with reinforcing him. You're, positive behavior a little yes. bit at a time. That whereas if you just put the bowl in front of him, and let him go, and then try to teach him, he's not going to learn anything because he's there's no engagement, there's no hunger, if you will, right. for the next step. So I don't agree with. Doing the end apprentice and then, oh, two weeks you're going to do your fellow craft. So learn this ritual that you have no idea what the hell it means. I think you should slow your roll, do the EA, perfect the EA. Yeah. Then move to the next. Winter, you do some shit. Wash a dish. Serve a plate. You're, that's what well, we talk about in Freemasonry is servitude. But it, it should also it could also be, okay, you were giving, and I won't get into the specifics of it, but you're giving working tools with each degree. Uh-huh. How have you use those working tools since your last degree that shows you that you've, I want to say mastered the entered apprentice degree, but you have an understanding of what the lessons are and you're actually applying them to life. If you do it all in one day, like one of these festival type things, you're never, um, you're never going to be able to apply those principles and then therefore they won't stick. Right. Do you go, when you're teaching somebody to drive, do you just throw them the keys and say, all right, and then go up on the highway? I did. Well, <laughs> that's probably true. But you start off in a parking lot. You start with basic yeah, things. No, I did. Then maybe you drive down the street to home, and then you drive around town, and then you go on the highways. Right. Like, no, it's exactly, you're not interrupting at all, because it's no. kind of, you it's know, relevant. what we were talking yeah. about. All right, let's continue on here because we got the this one. Within the lodge, the uninitiated is uh, the uninitiated is hoodwinked and blinded to the occurrences about him. He's kept in darkness for two reasons. The first reason is the reminder of the vow of secrecy soon to be taken. Second is the intended. The, secondly, it is intended that the candidate for the entered apprentice degree and all others perceive the forms of the lodge in his heart before viewing the beauties thereof yeah. with his Where eyes. Where were you first prepared to be made an entered apprentice? And I'll leave it at that. Um, I, I wish they freaking come snatch you in, in a candy van outside of your house, but that's my personal opinion. That can lead to some issues. <laughs> the individual in Plato's allegory is kept in darkness to reality. Uh, during this time, he uses shadows and distorted noises to con- conceive the reality that is around him. And the proselyte, proselyte is not brought to light until after his cable toe has been removed. That's basically what we do. Yeah. Um, until you take your oath, you're 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 kept in the and dark. The reason why you got that cable toe is so like yank your ass out of the lodge. Yeah. I mean, the allegor- allegorically, that it's what's for. Nobody, you know, when you got the the. The cable, cable toe around right. your neck. Right. No gonna... They lead you out like a le- yeah. like it would be a leash right. type thing. It's, nobody's, hey, before you... Nobody's getting yoinked. <laughs> you're in darkness, and you have an opportunity to say, you know what, this isn't for me, yeah. before you do that. Uh-huh. And then once... Yeah. Before the obligation is taken. But once the obligation is taken, that's when you're released And there's my dramatic pause. Toe. That's my dramatic pause during my ritual. Withdrawal yes. now while there's yet time. And you stop. Pause. And I always get some past masters on the side. I was like... Shut up! Like, shut up. The design, that's what it is. The design of the Masonic Constitution. But there's always some past members of the design. Yeah, I I got it, dude. Shut up. Anyway. um, Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. That's okay. In the allegory, the prisoner is not brought to light until the shackles are opened. The agent who brings him to initial light walks... uh, The Ah. agent who brings him... To, initial, to light. initial light, walks him around the cave and points the objects and demand the individual to name them. This is out of Plato now. Yes. Very similar, huh? Uh, the parallel exists that neither the individual released from bondage nor the newly made brother within the lodge are com- brought to complete light. The teachings of both are only partial. Mm-hmm. Talk about the fellow craft degree when yeah. you when you observe the square and compasses. The, the, I mean, fellow craft has its own setup of the square and compasses. You're receiving light, but only partially. We actually say that the two initiates are allowed to adjust to the new light. Uh, it has been shown them and expected to progress 
through further stages to attain more light and greater understanding. That's kind of what we do. We pop the blindfold off you at some point, and we give you a second to gather your shit, if you will. <laughs> and then we start the ritual, right, Joe? I mean, it's yeah, pretty much pretty what we do. Yeah, yeah. The next development of the journey of a man seeking Masonic light enlightenment occurs through the teachings and philosophies of the Fellowcraft degree. This is Joe's right here. This is your shtick. Yep. It's your favorite degree, right? It is absolutely my favorite degree. The second degree of Freemasonry is filled with great and enduring ideas and teachings for the neophyte seeking further light in the craft. The legend of the winding staircase holds lessons of the utmost importance, and within its beautifully illustrated lesson, lessons lie one word that most suitably expresses its meaning. Holy shit. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the single word is ascension. Yep. Mm-hmm. The passage taken to the Holy of Holies is sacred and dominated by the ascensions of the winding staircase. The winding staircase is symbolic of the journey of one seeking a liberal education. And we don't mean that in a political sense. <clears throat> Mackey explains the path of the fellow craft requires him to ascend step by step until he reaches the summit where the treasures of knowledge await him. The education is the great equalizer and is one thing that man can do to elevate himself above others. Yeah, I mean, the smarter you get, the more intelligent yeah. you get, the more knowledge you get, the, the better off you are. I mean, I'm not who I was when I was 20. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm 40 now. I'm a little bit more educated. I know what to do, what not to do, for the most part. And there's some, um, there's some Franklin quote, and I'm going to butcher it, but it has to do with an investment in knowledge uh, pays the best dividends or something along those lines. But if you really think about it, Joe, like, are you the same person you were when you were 20? Absolutely not. Would you do the same things now at your age that you would have done when you were 20? Some things. <laughs> <laughs> no, no but no, it. no, I have a much different perspective on life, even, you know, even different now than when I was 40. I mean, I laugh at all these young kids who are like all over Instagram and Twitter and, and you know, they're sending tweets and snaps and all that stuff. And everybody wants to be my friend. I have a thousand likes at 40. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I do not care who likes me and doesn't like me. Wait till you get to 50. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I really don't. And it's like the things that I cared about, you know, getting likes or clicks or I don't care about that shit no more. I really, really don't. So, I mean, and these are the things I'm trying to relate it to modern, or not modern, but the younger generation. Yeah. Like, getting somebody to like a photo, what do you gain out of that? You gain nothing. You know what I mean? No, it feeds your ego. It's it, that. Um, that's all it is. What is it? The dopamine? Is that the thing that. Dopamine, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Feeds your ego. It makes you feel good. Yeah. But realistically, what does it give you? Nothing. Nothing. Whereas knowledge, mm-hmm. um, it's just. Well, knowledge plays right into that because yeah. when you get aware of knowledge, you're like, right. wow, this shit really doesn't mean anything. And when I became aware that I was purposely getting sponsored feeds on my Facebook, that would take a, it would take a hard line stance on something right. just to get people engaged to yeah. start arguing. And it could be over, and it was tailored to me. It was, uh-huh. you know, Tom Brady, or this player says Tom Brady's not the the greatest of all time. Uh-huh. And then you read the comments, and everybody's arguing. Yep. You know, this person says that, uh, you know, the, the Star Wars prequels are the best of all the movies. And you go in the comments, and yeah. it's everybody arguing. And realistically, you know what it does? It, 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 it actually affects your psyche. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I found, like, when I read articles and I read things, I get angry about it. Yeah. And then I sit there and I realize, I'm like, why am I even reading this fucking thing? Why am I even looking at it? It's, what relevance does this have to my immediate right. life right now? It's purely there to get no. people arguing. It's purely and there. And I want to be clear. It's purely there to make whoever made that article up money. That's yeah. all it's about. Is Clicks, when likes. You click on it, you make money off it. And again, I'm sorry, but you know, the kid around the corner who's trying to get likes on his photo, you're not going to make money. No. I mean, I mean Christ, we're doing a podcast and YouTube won't even give me freaking money. Like, you, know, you have to have over a certain amount of, like, you know what I mean? Like, but you know who does give us money? Our Patreon, Patreon subscribers, where you can join for as little as $5 a month and get all the benefits, of including the Discord page where you can get yelled at and screamed at by Jim Devaney. <laughs> and you'll also get invited to join our fantasy football page where you can also not pay and claim to win and be thrown out. 
And if we still have any left, you can get that ever-elusive gold tone Freemasons podcast Yeah, pin. everybody's tight about the freaking pins. Listen, I'm going to get them. I've been saying it for a while. I've had some shit going on in my personal life. I'm going to get the goddamn pins, and everyone's going to get a pin. I still have a pin that I could use as the die, and we can get new pins. I just haven't had the time. All for I, as little as $5 a month. I mean, outside of what we're doing right now, recording live, I do have a life. I have shit going on. I can't get to things right away. I apologize. I will get them out and even the, the challenge coins. I just haven't had the time. <sighs> While we're on that subject about Discord, we just had our, uh, our monthly purge. Yes. Nice. So I just want to say this. You guys can help me out. Okay. In order to be on, dis- on Discord discord channel you have to be a patreon if you are a patreon who joins patreon you get the discord channel that discord is not to be given out it's a private link on top of that if you stop becoming a patreon you stop getting access you stop getting access to discord unless you talk to me and say hey listen you know my wife's been in the hospital for three weeks i may float you but there's no guarantee on that lee there's no guarantee on that uh, but on, also on top of that, though, if you do leave Patreon, which is fine, you can come and go as you wish. You know what I mean? If you do leave Patreon, bow yourself out of the Discord. So I don't got to go and purge you and make an ass out of my, like, be that dick. Like, right. And if you're going to do that and you're not going to let us know that you're bowing out of Patreon and you want to stay in Discord, don't stir crap up in there because then it's going to be, wait, you're not even paying. Get the hell out. <laughs> Just lay low. Enjoy the banter. And, and follow the two rules. Um, all right, here we go. Ready? Let's let's uh, let's round this up because I think yeah, there's got to like, be something on a master mason. So let's uh, skip ahead to that. I'm, I'm looking guessing. For. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> master mason, master mason, master mason. There you go. Through the lessons of the third degree. Through the lessons of the th- there we go. Thank you. Through the lessons of the third degree, a man is shown. His place in the world as being an immortal being dis, uh, destined to be resurrected by the ultimate creator. I mean, that's kind of, I yeah. mean, that's right along every religion. You die and you, not resurrected, so to speak, but you ascend to heaven or wherever the hell you go. <clears throat> uh, the teachings of the third degree explain to the newly raised brother, however, the truer, deeper realities and meanings of the degree are much later discovered, if ever. Uh, the freed prisoner in Plato's allegory is able to view all the glories of the real world once he has completed his ascent from the cave, so as the Master Mason is entitled uh, and does not receive full explanation. Does receive. And does receive yeah. full uh, explanation of the mysteries of the craft of masonry. Um, neither individual is at once able to comprehend the beauties he's caused to be. We talk about that all the time. We talk about you take the degree. You're not going to know what the frick is going on right. until you've seen it a couple times. Yeah. We talk about all or the time. you do some additional studies and get some additional Bingo. context. Uh, it is through the reflection and con- uh, consistent study upon what is seen and experienced that the true lessons are learned by both. So uh, let's go through. Let's just do this one, and then we'll we'll yeah. cap it off, and we'll just have our discussion. Uh, Fanthrope and Fanthrope, law officers. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Fanthrope and Fanthrope stated that the allegory of the cave illustrates the significance of free and independent thought through a uh, thought as a pathway to truth. They continue to state that the prisoner who first escaped from the cave of deceptive shadows and discovered reality is someone who has learned Masonic truth. According to the authors, Plato taught the things we see, touch, smell, hear are not reality. I partially agree with that. Yeah. I think there's a world beyond the world, if you will. The shit we can't see in humans. The shit that, you know, the cat or the dog stared at the corner of the fucking room and freaked me out all night long. Yeah, it's the force. (laughs) The force is part of all living beings. (laughs) Some are more in tune with it than the other. Um, It was according to Plato, though. Oh, wait, did I skip one? Oh, yeah. They asserted that Plato believed that all we perceive with our senses must be elevated through the mind before true understanding can can occur. It was, according to Plato, the role of the philosopher to help others release the light within its students to allow them to understand the world around them through a stimulated mind. Phanthrope and Phanthrope allude to the conclusion that this goal is shared with Freemasonry. I agree. Yeah. 
So uh, do we think that Plato may have been uh, a predecessor to Freemasonry and or Freemasonry was a lot older than they originally thought? Yeah, either there could be that. It could be that the uh, that the founders of modern Freemasonry were an illuminated bunch, and through the Renaissance and you know the period of uh, studying some of the older philosophical materials that were out there is what formed their opinion to create modern Freemasonry. So you can either way, there's a there's a correlation there. Right. There's either, and I would even say there's a causation there. Either it's taken from that and, and those lessons have been passed on throughout time and you know, left to interpretation and, and has evolved over the years, or the people that that have come to found or whatever you want to I won't say create or whatever, modern Freema- shaped modern Freemasonry took a lot of those teachings from the ancient school of mysteries. So right. either way they're they're intimately connected. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's one or the other, personally. It's either Freemasonry has been around a hell of a lot longer than we originally thought, yep. or, the, I mean, it's just people who were who be, who created Freemasonry said, you know, let's pull lessons from here, there, and yeah. everywhere. So, I mean, it, that's up for your debate. I mean, me personally, I think it lasts. I think it's longer. I, I think Freemasonry was around way longer than what we originally thought. Um, yeah. Whether it went all the way back to Egypt and all that stuff. Who the hell knows? But, I mean, Egypt had its own, like, mystery schools and shit. I think probably the name has changed over the years, but it's still the same shit. Different. Yeah. Well, just look at how many songs throughout time have been updated and covered and changed and everybody's put their own spin on it. Um, Some of the greatest songs of, you know, in time have been remade multiple times and reshaped and reforged and, you know, created into something different. Why would not some of the greatest lessons of all time do the same thing throughout history? James Ferguson, if you finish the allegory of the cave, the freedman returns to try to tell the others the truth, and he was beaten to death. A lesson on the ignorance of others. Ah, yeah. also a reference to Hiram Abiff. Yeah, and, you know, it's what happens in the modern world today when people learn you're a Freemason. A lot of times their first inclination is to ostracize you and, and harass you and make stupid jokes. And, and tell you you have babies and, buried and, into the lungs. Yeah, and treat you like an outcast or, or whatever, because that's the ignorance, and that's why... You know, one of the lessons that we're taught as we go through the degrees is, you know, don't get into arguments with the uninitiated. They could never understand. Um, And for a long time, Freemasonry didn't defend itself against certain accusations. And I came along. And still, like, rarely does to a certain extent. Um, But it's like, yeah, you can't. I won't say can't because there's other outlets to learn the same lessons outside of Freemasonry. But if you're if you're comfortable being ignorant, there's nothing that we can tell you or that a religion can tell you or that a philosophical uh, ideal will give you if you're just comfortable being ignorant and not open to learning additional things. There's nothing nobody's gonna, anybody's going to tell you. Nope. It's like arguing with somebody who, who knows they're right and swears um, – that they're absolutely 100% correct, even though you know they're not, you're never going to win that argument. Uh, Zach Daring, have we done an episode in the Denver airport yet? Yes, we Yes, did. we have. I We'd have to go back through the archives to see which one, but it was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> Probably a couple years that ago. might have been one of our uh, rough and raw ones, I think. Um, I think we talked about it. I saw a movie it. like that once. I think we talked about it. I think it was actually titled Denver Airport. Probably. And Masonic conspiracies, or I mean, we something touched like on that. it in the Mason's mouth off the very first quote unquote episode that got pulled. <laughs> uh, you won't find episode two. It was it was too too much. Yeah, it was a lot of f bombs being dropped. But it was a different time. It was a different time. Again, we've grown, right? Yes, I'm grown. A weapon for a more civilized time, uh, more civilized age. I mean, that's something we should dive into, though, to see if, like, because uh, James Ferguson, he says uh, he doesn't think that Freemasonry is older, but the ideals we inspire to the fraternity derive yeah. from the truths of ages past. Yeah. And that's and what that's what I mean by Freemasonry. I don't think the actual name Freemasonry was back around during the Greeks or during uh, the ancient, ancient Egypt times. But I do believe that, that it, it 
there were predecessors to it. I mean, before it was Freemasons, it was Stonemasons. Before it was Stonemasons, it was something else. And the, yeah. the name changed over the years, but the same thing stuck. And I think there's certain... Same lessons. Yeah, there's certain tenets and lessons that are have been passed down since time. And also think a lot of shit bl- uh, blended into Freemasonry. Yeah. I mean, you got alchemy, you got uh, the Knights Templar. Like, I think a lot of these things blended into Freemasonry and pulled lessons from elsewhere to create what we have today, you know? And it's, you know, these same lessons have given birth to, to different religions. They all seem to tie back to the ancient mysteries. And there, there are some that believe that, uh, you know, that time that uh, the Bible doesn't discuss Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. when he suddenly picks up when he's 33 years old, you know, mm-hmm. there are some theories that he went off to learn this and, and learned it from the schools of the ancient mysteries well, and picked the... up that lesson. So the fact that there's a lot of crossover between mm-hmm. some of the basic tenets of Freemasonry and some of the basic tenets of well, certain they, religions. Quote me if I'm wrong, but in the Bible, doesn't it say that Jesus, they took Jesus to Egypt? Um, I'm I not a hundred. I, I that uh, maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally misquoting the Bible. Here, I know I there are hid him in Egypt. I'm not 100% sure. Or that not, may not be uh, in the um, yeah. the official canon nowadays. It may be in one of the... Uh, Ethiopian Bible, which got like... One of the other Gospels. Yeah. The what Gnostic you, Gospels. What do you say, Joe? Shut it down. Ready to go home? Ready to go home. Ready to go home. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Sorry about the feed, if the feed was a little choppy. Ken was playing with his... I uh, think it was just late. I think it was just late too. No, because it did pop up on here and said that the feed was shaky and can YouTube I just blame Lee, please? So you can blame whoever you want. I want to blame Lee. <laughs> anyway, so uh, for the Freemasons podcast, I am right. Worship brother George Marjorie signing off. Worship brother Joe signing off. Have a good night, everyone. Night night. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>